He's going live, yeah. to our daily gun show we come to you live every weeknight at midnight eastern and we talk about guns for an hour and we are at shot show it's the last day of shot show 2019 it ended this afternoon and uh it's a pretty awesome show we could talk about that we've got some people joining us who are at the show we've got some invites out to people that were at the show and uh well i guess we were kind of debating if we should email people uh that were here you know, being the last day and everything, I'm not sure who's all in the mindset of going live to chat about it, but hopefully we can have a bit of a debrief. We can answer questions. We try to do this as an interactive effort. So that means the people that are watching this live or watching it in the future or listening to it in the future, uh, be part of this conversation or this show. Uh, take things that you're here, here and uh, talk about them in gun shop or the gun range or the gun show this weekend or wherever it is it might be uh, or on your own projects out there. And uh, definitely, if you're watching live, you'll probably get some people that'll get alerted that the show's going live. And if you jump over from Gary's foul territory that was on earlier, then uh, ask questions out there. We've got a couple people, three of us who are at shot. Uh, just like I say, links out to a couple other people that were at shot and are doing some other things. And I uh, might jump in. And then uh, Gary's been paying attention to what's going on too. So uh, we can answer questions or we can just kind of chat and debrief a little bit. I'll introduce everybody and we'll get going. So we've got Gary jumping in from Kansas. Thanks for joining. Thanks for the invite. Always. And uh, like I say, you had foul territory earlier today, your Friday night show. How'd that go today? Oh, it went really well. It started out kind of slow, but second hour we picked up a lot of viewers and uh, it was pretty good chat. But on, were you guys talking about shot or was it just away from that? We did talk about shot in the first hour. I asked them what, you know, what their favorite things, you know, what they liked about shot, what they didn't like. And we had some pretty good conversations about that. Right on. Uh, then we got uh, Clover jumping in from upstairs or Texas or Vegas, however you want to look at it. Upstairs. You make me sound like I'm God. Upstairs. That's the man upstairs. Well, not that night. There's two floors, that's all. <laughs> right. All right, thanks for jumping in. And then we got that guy's wife, or female Clover, Cloverette, jumping in as well. She's still awake. This is all bogey for me. I, I am still full. I will probably be full for days after that burger. But yes, uh, that guy's wife, Miss Clover, eh, Armenthia, whatever you want to call me. I'm good. <laughs> and we can hold claim to you ate almost as much of that hamburger as Marco ate, right? Oh my gosh, that burger was so good. If you take what Marco, what you ate, and then a little bit clover ate, that's how much Marco ate. So you were that close to eating as much as Marco did. So wow. Amazing. That's you two burger champs. So we're talking about this restaurant here has a like a one pound burger. Um, oh. Uh, Cycle says he's been sick, so sorry about that. But uh, thanks for watching. And then um, feeling better, and we'll keep sending out links. Um, so what they have like this one pound burger with like 
the main thing is you get this loaf of bread that they put it in. That's the tough part. I mean, anybody can eat a pound of meat, right? The way you said that, a loaf of bread. It's two slices of bread. It's, it's a huge, bun. Though. It's a bun. It's a top It's in the shape of a bun. But I mean, if you had just somebody just gave you that bun, you'd go, oh, thanks for this loaf of bread, right? You wouldn't be like, it's a huge bun. It's not a Texas loaf of bread, I can tell you that. Oh, no, it's not the biggest loaf of bread I've ever seen, but it's way bigger than a, it's not like just a Big Mac where they just take regular hamburger bun and just make it thick, I guess. Oh, you know, no. It's it, giant it, thing. it is a big burger. I mean, it's a big burger. Um, it could, a small saucer, like a small plate, it would, it would probably overlap the size, the sides of just a small plate. I posted, a, I don't know what Marco posted, he may have also, because he takes pictures of stuff, but I posted like a time-lapse type of slideshow of Marco eating that thing yesterday, like as oh. the thing disappeared, you can see where it ends, but uh, yeah, so DTP was talking about that on the gun channel side, so um, well, I guess but I didn't put mine down. down. Like, I didn't sit mine down. I think once I actually got it done, because I was afraid if once I set it down, it would, like, all all my good stuff on the inside would fall out. Well, that's a good point. Marco put extra cheese and bacon on it, but you had, like, avocado and mushrooms and bacon and cheese and everything else, too. So, yeah, you had more stuff to deal with and more just meat. Really. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so we have a good dinner. And um, what the hell? We were talking about... Well, we were basically scolding Joe over here for being a bad grandparent. But uh, I was wondering, uh, as we were talking about that, we were talking about what time kids go to sleep or whatever. And uh, in talking about that, I was thinking, I, you know, we didn't have that many. I can't even think of any stores. There might have been like 7-Elevens or something, uh, you know, convenience stores and maybe gas stations that were open 24-7 and not all of them. Like there might have been a couple around that were open all the time uh, and maybe on the highway or something. But there was no 24 hour stores back in the day. And that had to be a part of, you know, our routines, I guess, back in the day. And, you know, TV was on for a certain amount. I mean, I don't know how old they all are, but you can remember when TVs turned off, you know, if the stations turned off at night. So uh, now that everything's 24 seven and everything's on demand, I guess it really doesn't matter except for school, what time uh, kids are around, awake or what. You know, if you're going to the store in the night, it doesn't matter, right? Like, like I was saying before we started this show, uh, to me, it, it depends. It depends on what the parent's schedule is because if you've got a two-year-old and the parents work a different schedule or something and you put that two-year-old to bed at 7, 8 o'clock, but, you know, by early, early in the morning, we're talking 5, 6 in the morning, that child's going to be wide awake. Well, what time did mom or dad go to bed? Was it midnight? Was it one in the morning? Well, wouldn't you want that child to be on your schedule instead of you going to bed at midnight and having to get up in three, four, five, six hours instead of you getting to sleep the same amount of hours that they did? Yeah, exactly. So. It's well, if Joe's horrible grandfathering wouldn't have taken us off course, we'd probably would have talked about then the shot show. Here he was saying, <laughs> I'll show you the video. A camera, she's just walking around the house all by herself. Yeah, walking around loose with squirt gun, I guess. <laughs> Everybody's asleep, the grandkids run around. Uh, with okay, gun. so they got up because the kids already had to be at the bus by like six in the morning or whatever. Six in the morning, yeah, it's horrible. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so they you gotta start waking the kids up at four. All right, uh, well, now we're turning into like some kind of grandpa chat. 
Yeah, so we're a chat show and Gary had a show on earlier foul territory and you guys said or you said that you guys were talking about best stuff they seen at shop. So I want to start with there. What was the best of your best of show? Oh, a lot of people a lot of people were talking about the Mossberg, believe it or not. The pistol? The yeah. pistol? Yeah. Anniversary? Yeah. Had a couple people interested in that. A couple people interested in the what is the was it a Caltech shotgun? I believe. Yeah, it's a it's a Caltech single barrel shotgun. <clears throat> yeah. That got some people's well, interest in the Taurus TX twenty two did. Yeah. Yeah. That kind oh, of that's a few things. Actually, all three of those things. I, and I don't know. I mean, it makes sense that those are popular things. So it makes sense that I guess that there's a lot of people interested in them. I, personally, I wasn't interested in any of those. <clears throat> Joe's saying he shot the Mossberg pistol. What'd you think of it? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think of that Mossberg pistol? Can you hear him? You hear I, don't, I don't have any complaints about it. Yes, we can hear you. They gave me a half-empty mag, but they did that for everywhere. So, you know. so were they being stingy on ammo this year? No, I think they just had like the that was their thing. They were like, we're only going to give you five shots or whatever. Oh, I guess they. I mean, they gave me two or three different mags. He handed me mags. They only had five shots. You know, five rounds each. You remember the first year the Chris came out? Yeah. That had to be eight or ten, I guess. And then they would give us like five rounds. Yeah, they're like, oh, here's this, and here's this giant stick mag, and then here's five rounds. Here's your five rounds. And they wouldn't let us shoot full auto because the range back then wouldn't let you shoot full auto. So we well, only do three rounds first. It's a little small. So uh, what else did they uh, think was best of the show? Best of the show. Oh, they. Couple people talked about the Taurus TX22, and uh, like I say, the, there was one shotgun they were going on and on about. That uh, uh -oh, there's a lot of shotguns. The Keltec. I can't remember which one. I thought they said Keltec, but something about the Keltec single barrel KSG. Is that what it is? I think so. Did they talk at all about speaking of Keltec, that Keltec gun that's a 22 Magnum, I think, and it's got like a quad stack of mag, and it's just a, I don't know what to call it. It's almost like a little sub gun, except it's not a sub gun. It's like a little. It was the TX 22 they said? Yeah. That's Taurus. No, I don't recall them talking about a Keltec pistol. They did mention that one revolver with the uh, double barrels on it. I did finally find that, and I walked over, and they were like. You know, this is a Friday right before the end of the show, and I finally found it. And they, well, the, the company sells nothing but shotguns, it looks like. So there's like shotguns laying all around. The reason I didn't see the damn guns is because there's two of them laying in between some shotguns, and the whole booth is shotguns. So then I was like, oh, those aren't like a stapler and a calculator. That's like two revolvers over there. So I went over and I'm like, can I look at them? And they're like, yeah. And I had to like reach across the table and get them from between the two of them. They didn't like push it across the table to me or anything, they, like hand it to me. So I fiddled with it for a minute, and then, I don't know, it was all right. Did you like it? I didn't get to play with it. No. Did Probably you like it? I didn't hang out in the shotgun booth. Yeah, it was downstairs, you know, where um, 
the left-handed and many 14s are or f14s oh i didn't see them either oh they're always there they've been there for like nine years oh well then that's for that I one that about. one year they had the free deer and shit that we were eating okay it was in that area downstairs oh. near that food area so um clover romantia what did you guys think of that double shot revolver thing or you guys already talked that one out uh, oh, oh, I, I liked it. Did they yeah. talk to you at all? Because, like I say, they just gave it to me. Like, did, and in fact, they didn't even acknowledge I was there other than say, "Yeah, go ahead." Uh, yeah, I actually talked to. There was an older gentleman then and a younger guy. There was two, only two there when I stopped by. And the younger one, I talked to him about it, and we talked about the trigger pull. We talked about a couple of modifications left the two there being like a prototype i guess or production um what is the word i guess for that or it's like production types or something i guess um and that he talked about a couple of revisions a couple of things they need, still needed to do uh on the the finish was one thing and i think there was something having to do with the trigger uh, or the hammer or something in there that he said that they had to tweak a little bit before it actually went to production. But overall, yeah, I mean, it, the timing is it's pretty weird, I guess, because it's having to time. I guess it doesn't have to time two cylinders, right? I guess the timing is pretty much timing. Uh, yeah. So you're lining up one, one cylinder or two, but. It's got to be yeah. twice as accurate, I guess, or like, you know, it's like. It's one, you're right, it's moving to one position, but it has to align two barrels with that one position. I just, it seems like that has to be more complicated or more like um, Yeah, I mean, possibly a little bit, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Especially, the barrels are in one spot and the, and the cylinders in one spot. So as long as you get one lined up, you know, the other should be lined up. I guess. Because it's they're both, like, they're fixed. Yeah, it's not like one of them's moving right. on the other. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, it's I would assume it's. But in other words, you could have one dead on, and then something tweaked just a hair, and now the other one's a little bit lower or higher. And then, I yeah, guess but then that would be broken yeah, machine. Yeah, you know? it'd be broken anyway. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah, and it seems solid though. I mean, like you say, it's prototype, pre-production, something like that. But uh, I think it seemed every bit as strong as a Taurus, or that definitely seemed more solid in my hand than a Chiapa, the Rhino. Those things seem hollow to me, like the matter of aluminum or like hollow. Well, you saw my video or whatever of the guts of them. They're hollow. But yeah, well, all our revolvers are fairly hollow, but there's like no stainless and there's a bunch of stamp. Huh. Um, but they didn't have the double barrel thing to shoot, right? There's no versions of it out of the range. You still muted? No. No, they're just going to talk to this. They're sick of it. Maybe we're disconnected. Are you? I don't know. What are we saying to you? Well, well I can see your little green dot going up. What's up? What's up? I don't know. Are we still connected? Yeah. What's yeah. up? So, uh, I don't know. What are what other, did they talk about anything else, Gary, on uh, your show? Not, not that I can recall. Let's put it that way. I didn't write everything down, but that's that's what sticks out in my mind. Right on. And then there's people watching. So if anybody out there has anything, um, has anyone talked about how one trigger pulling two rounds going off is legal? Is it something? Well, it is. It's two triggers. Yeah. And they're separate, but you can't. You cannot pull one. You, you can only pull both. So 
I don't know. There's probably something about the relationship between them, I guess, that when you pull one, you're actually pulling the other, but they are separate. So. Yeah, it's like uh, one, you know, two trigger shotguns or whatever. Except for this one, they're they're, they're machined or whatever in such a way that there's no way to pull one without pulling the other. Well, they're, they're I don't know. Yeah, they're they're basically pinned. I tried pulling the one. You can't pull the bigger one. The little one won't. The big one won't pull unless the little one is pulled first, sort of like the Glock trigger. Yeah. Right? And when you pull the little one, you are pushing the big one. Right, because it's on the same lever. Or it's hinged that way or something. has to be something that makes them separate, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it works kind of like it's a Vegas, you know, on a Glock in a way. But, you know, the problem is you can't. It's got the, it's got, it's, it's got the two, you know, the two-finger trigger, right? So if you try to pull from the top and the, where the dingus is not at, it doesn't work. So you have to pull from the bottom when the dingus is at, which is basically one trigger, and then that actuates the top one that pulls at the same time. So, yeah, it's kind of like they're t tandem, right? They're kind of tandem triggers, more or less. Yeah. And uh, it makes it so there's no trigger guard, of course. When you look at the thing, it's fairly obvious. There's no real trigger guard. There's like a shroud in front but it doesn't wrap around. So now you've got not only an exposed trigger, but an extended, like a massively extended paintball looking trigger. So it can't move without the smaller trigger being actuated. But I mean, I'm never putting that in my pocket. There's no, there's no chance of putting that in my pocket. I don't know what I'm doing for a holster for that thing. So while it might be interesting, I don't know how practical it's gonna to be to carry a thing with a massive trigger with basically a little set trigger or a little release trigger that allows the big trigger to move. Now, as far as pulling it with that big giant trigger, I mean, that almost seems like an application for people with arthritis or injury or issues, right? Where, you know, hand strength or whatever is an issue. Because um, that thing, shit, I, I'd almost be afraid that the dolphins are gonna get a hold of one of them and they don't even need thumbs for that thing. Hmm. I don't know how they're gonna load them. But that thing's- They have their uh, monkeys do it for them sea monkeys but uh as far as the pulling that thing is really easy and it's such a large lever so uh that part is really neat but i don't know they they did where they what's the name of that company i don't know if that company i don't, I don't know of that company it's you know, standard, it's standard manufacturing yeah have they been around for a while uh that's a good question i don't know i, I can't tell you this they as far as their 1911s and their single action revolvers, uh, they're high freaking dollar and they are very nice. Okay. So it's, it isn't somebody who's just out of nowhere. Yeah. It's not somebody that just created a little gimmicky something, you know what I'm saying? And threw it out there. They have multiple other types of firearms. Okay. So maybe they see that as an interesting thing to do or, right. uh, they're going to be competent in building it. Right. Um, I'm going to go back to that Mosin Gant, little Mosin Gant uh, 22, little tiny one. Pink showed a picture of it the other day in his Instagram. Did anybody have a chance to go look at that thing? I never did. No. Right next to the Ruger booth. So, like, the Ruger booth was, like, next to the stairs or something. So, this thing was just south of the Ruger, like, next to the stairs. Right. Across from it. Some importer that had a bunch of other guns. Yeah. But were they, like, single barrel shotguns or something? Yeah, and the then, only thing I looked at was that little post. Yeah, I walked right past all the little single barrel shotguns, which were like H&R type of guns, like just 
single barrel shotguns and you know break opens and then uh yeah so again now you're saying that they told you it was a keystone sporting arms made the action uh so they said it was based on the cricket action it was manufactured by keystone uh, which is cricket yeah and uh they're gonna make a thousand of them and they're gonna be three to four hundred dollars each like collector's items or whatever like so i think edition. pink said more he said i thought four to six or something five to six i don't know the guy i talked to i mean i'm, I'm pretty sure i understood through his accent yeah but they were definitely foreign yeah so that's why i thought it was being imported but anyway either way it was really neat you know it's this length of a cricket but it looked like a mosin with the wood going all down and the barrel wraps and everything Uh, Clover, you can talk about dinguses. It's got a permit. Uh, let's see. If you own a Mosin, you could buy it for your kid. Yeah, exactly. Except it's really expensive. It costs almost as much as a real Mosin. Really? What's a real Mosin? What was wow. MSRP on it? No, he said, well, we don't know. Pink was saying four to six, and Joe wow. was saying, told him three to four? Three to four. Uh, so either it's way, wow. Either way, yeah. yeah. Although it's super. Cool. So, guess who's making a project gun into some kind of cool gun out of a cricket? I don't know. I didn't think of that before. I'm gonna make like a 1903 or something awesome out of a cricket. Yeah. Stick a piece of wood. You know who should be doing that? Is AK-47 shooter. You guys follow him on Instagram. He's the guy that makes the giant guns out of wood, out of pallet wood. He made like a giant clock one time. They made a giant revolver. Made all kinds of giant. Yeah. No, I don't follow him. I don't guess. Oh, he's That's awesome. Interesting, though. He yeah. works at a um, like a local. I think, from what I understand from his Instagram, it's like something like a local news, or maybe like a local television channel. But like TV news, either for the news specifically or like for the channel. I don't know. But he built scenery and he does like, you know, effects and stuff. So he's like got the skills and the you know the inclination to work with tools, and so he makes these you know, giant. You know, what I'm talking about the guy with the giant AK-47 and the giant clock they made out of wood they're like i don't know big as a couch cushion or something or bigger than that even like the box anyway whatever anyway he's also got some other projects anyway that guy would be the guy to, to make some kind of a little accurate uh wooden stock for a cricket that i'm gonna bug him about and see if he'll do it all right you guys have anything who are at the show hermentia Clover uh, that stood out. Uh, I think somebody was saying, Pink was saying he's changing his favorite gun, right? We out there, he was talking about that. Yeah, you guys uh, were talking about he was changing it to that, whatever the hell revolver you guys, or not, uh, whatever lever action you guys were talking about. So oh, yeah, that 458. Yeah, 458 lever. No, I'll tell you, I went down to see that because I, I that's the one I said last night that. You know, I definitely, I definitely needed to go check out because it was the one that was on, you know, on my radar, and I was excited about. And it is. Uh, I was not allowed to take pictures of the actual internals or the action, you know, inside the action, like the bolt, bolt, and bolt face and stuff. Um, they wouldn't let me do that, uh, and there's a reason. Um, that's just weird, man. It is a weird design, and they had to do that to make that rebated rim cartridge work in a lever action rifle. Um, but 
they also did more than that. They polished the thing up, uh, you know, worked on all the internals. I mean, the trigger on it is phenomenal. Uh, it's certainly not a standard Marlin GBL trigger for sure. Uh, the lever is smooth as glass, you know, not your standard Marlin lever. Uh, so yeah, pretty cool. Um, you know, the price point on it, you know, they're thinking around three grand MSRP, which, you know, on its face sounds like a lot, but when you're talking about something unique that, uh, involves that type of machine work and, and engineering and stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, it's built off of a Marlin GBL and those things were running nearly a grand anyway, a lot of times. So, um, you know, then you've got the barrel and now you get all the other stuff and the labor involved. You know, I don't think three grand is, I don't think it's highway robbery for what it is. If somebody is looking for a, a custom rifle, which is what that is. Um, but being down there, the one of the things that uh, caught my eye, I was really impressed with that they had was they had developed a new cartridge and it's an actual new cartridge. Uh, it's not... You know, they took something and cut it down or necked it down or sized it up or whatever. Uh, the What they're calling the 475 Bishop uh, Short Magnum. And, uh, oh, good Lord, it's on like an AR-10 platform. And that thing is is pretty bad, pretty bad to the bone. Uh, the, the brass alone on that cartridge is bigger than a whole you know, the whole loaded ammunition of a 458 SOCOM and a 458 SOCOM will literally fit down into the brass case. Uh, so it's, uh, it's pretty wicked. And, uh, it, I mean, it's three grand. They said roughly that's what they were thinking. MSRP is on that too. But with the, uh, 475, um, Bishop there, they, you get a, a really nice hard case, uh, that it goes in. You get a uh, hundred rounds of ammunition. You get a hundred projectiles, and you get a set of dies with it as well, which is pretty cool. You said three grand. Uh, yeah, on that one, they're they're saying three grand MSRP on that. Pretty much all the um, all the big bore rifles that they had. Um, you know, to get anything cheaper than that, you would have to go with like the, you know, the five, five, six versions of some of the stuff they built or, you know, maybe the three Oh eight, something like that. And so you could get into a cheaper one, but yeah, those, the ones that, that created all the hype there at the booth, yeah. um, you know, MSRP of three grand on, on either one of those supposedly. Yeah, so Joe was saying, oh, for three grand, I'd buy 50. Well, okay, whatever. So three grand is, you know, a bunch of money, but uh, you know, three grand would buy you, what, a fancy revolver, depending on what you buy. It could buy you, like, a Derringer if you bought an old enough or a rare enough one, right? I mean, three grand's going to buy you. Single action, a first gen or second gen, even single action army? Some amount of every gun. Like, so you can always spend three grand on a gun, right? So the three grand is three grand is all I'm getting at, but when I'm thinking about something like, well, all right, but you know, it could be a motorcycle or something. It could be a guitar. I know Greg would spend three grand on a bass guitar in a second. He had three grand laying around, it came out of nowhere. So, you know, three grand is three grand. But what I'm getting at is the the money. You're talking about a lever action that's new and, and 
you know, potentially going to be something that could be the first of a long line if it continued on, right? You never know with a new caliber. But I'm thinking to back in the day, this was maybe like back in the olden days before video, even maybe 2009 or something. Some guy bought a, what we call now a mare's leg <clears throat> or a ranch hand or whatever. So a, a pistol version of a lever action. But back before uh, Rossi or Henry or anybody made those as a regular thing, like you either had the SBR of a lever action, which was very rare because people aren't going to chop up a decent lever action into one of those because this was ridiculous and no lever action person was ever going to do it. So nobody ever did it. Um, or you'd have to get a receiver somehow that was virgin and never turn into a rifle. And those were rare because the company doesn't, no factory sell those. So this guy had a, uh, a very rare lever action pistol back in the day. And it was like 1200 bucks. Okay, so I was going, okay, so I know, and maybe it was even 15, but I'm gonna say 1200 bucks. Now that was years ago. And then years later, uh, Henry and Taurus and Rossi, and maybe even more make lever action pistols now. And those are running what, 350, let's say. So I'm guessing, you know, that that unique custom one he had made was four times more than what a production level one, you know, years later is, what is uh, you know, available for. So if you're looking at it as a commodity, yeah, they paid four times more than you needed to. But if you're looking at it as being part of it all and like being as a consumer, like, you know, part of the ability for them to drive on and get it to where a new cartridge or a new form factor like that is, you know, commonplace, then you're part of it. Like you're one of those people that own, you know, that's why collectibles gain value, right? There's only so many people that own those. Only so many of them exist. And $3,000, what's a quarter of that? 1,500 bucks or five, I'm not trying to do math. Half of 3,000 is 15, so 750. That's every rifle on the block is 750 bucks. So you're basically paying four times more than a rifle to buy a unique brand new one. But so that's, I'm thinking that's, totally a solid number that's not overpriced at all it's just like you said you got to build the dang thing and uh, yeah if you look all your dies yeah, if you look at look at the price of custom rifles right um and i mean three three grand is like cheap it really is for for a custom and i'm talking a common caliber right so and with these we're talking you know innovative you know out of the box weird different stuff so to be to be within the ballpark of you know a reasonably priced custom rifle of any kind, I know people that have easily spent five and six grand on a custom rifle in let's say three oh eight, you know. So yeah, to to spend that, I I don't think it's out of you know it's it's certainly not uh, something that I have sitting around, but I can tell you this. I mean if I if I scratched a lottery ticket on the way home and uh, won me about ten grand, I would probably call them up and I would have that four seventy uh, that four seventy five bishop <laughs> um, at that point, you know, because I think that that could catch on. All right. Well, that got us on a tangent, but that was Pink's choice. Did you guys see anything? See anything else throughout the show? That made you change your mind from what, last night when we were talking about best of show, in other words. Trying to get the meat off there. You know, I don't even remember what did I pick. Oh, I picked that twenty-eight gauge uh, semi-automatic. Oh, uh, did I see anything else today? Well, today I did see the same ones as pink. Matter of fact, 
I'm the reason Pink got to see it because he couldn't find the booth. <laughs> I had to send him the number and all. Um, so, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, no, I don't think I don't think my mind has changed. I mean, I still um, my 28 gauge semi-automatic is just something that's you don't see a lot of those either. And for one to come along that's within a reasonable price range for people to to be able to pick up and experience what a 28 gauge has to offer. Um, you know, I don't know. I think there's I think there's some promise in that one as well. Not getting much chat on the gun channel site tonight. Um, you know, one thing that Elena, if my wife wanted to talk about it, one thing that uh, she had an issue, I guess an issue kind of sort of with, with Voodoo Tactical today. I don't know if she wants to vent about that or not. I'm laughing because after having my aha moment in realizing that I want a tactical backpack and I want the Velcro on it and realizing the deal with the patches now. Um, I want, I want a girl backpack. I want something pretty and pink. I don't want, um, I don't want the, the dull, you know, light pink. I don't want the ugly, um, pink and green camo thing. Um, I don't want purple. I don't want blue. I don't want all that. I want pink. I like pink. And so, um, I see numerous, uh, numerous places throughout the shot show and didn't see what I wanted. And so finally I just jumped on the internet and Googled, um, pink tactical backpack and the perfect one I want, um, Voodoo Tactical has it. So I look them up in the shot show app to find out where they are there. So that I could go and look at it because I had already seen a pricing online, and but to see one there before you actually go online to buy it, you know, is one of those things because I'm one of those that typically after buying online, I don't always send it back, but it's a lot of money to put into a backpack. Um, so to go down there and to, I realize it's the last day of shot, but that's. That's beside the point. That's irrelevant. Um, to walk into their booth and for them to have as many um, as many employees with that booth that had on their passes, their vendor passes and stuff, and to walk through there and so many of them, you know, not be talking to anybody but each other. And for me to walk through their booth and I mean, actually walk through their booth, take photos of their items, take a selfie with their item, and not a single one of them speak to me. It really, and I'm, it pissed me off because I'm that person that, and then I kind of did a little rant on it because that, that really pisses me off because I go to work and I work hard for my money and then... I don't just throw money around a lot of the times. I don't just go and say, ooh, okay, 80, 
$120 backpack, you know? Ooh, I'll just take two or three of those. That's not me. I don't have that. So I worked hard for my money, and now I get to choose who who I spend it with, which company I put it into. Um, I may be a peon. I may be a little person. Do you know how many of us are not executives? You know, most of the world are not executives. We're all those those average people that were consumers. We're the people that put the money in their pockets. At the end of the day, we are those people. And for me to walk through and for me to even have a media pass on and not a single one of them people to speak to me, it pissed me off. So I got on it. I did a little rant. Um, walking through there and just ranting and then um, sat down and talked to guys about it later. And then I did just a little one-minute snippet and put it on Instagram and tagged them in it. And then it made me even madder because some douchebag, I'm sure that's what he is, on the other side of a computer or a phone or whatever, jumps on and kind of chats with me a little bit and basically tells me to go online, check out their products, you know, look at them. So basically, you didn't even want me to come back over to your booth. Um, you wanted me to get online and just look at it. When the whole point of the, of the whole rant was that I got online, saw what I wanted, y'all are there at SHOT Show. I'm the person who's wanting to spend the money in your product and to buy one of these. You know, I don't, I'm sure you don't have that much money in the backpack. Seriously. At the end of the day, it's not that much money. But I'm, I'm the one willing to pay, you know, for that bag. And you still don't want to ask me to come back to your booth and to talk to me and tell me about your product and, and tell me why I should buy your product. I'm sorry. That's some, that's some crap right there. And so Voodoo Tactical will never get a cent of my money. I'm sorry. That's just crap. So sorry about my rant, but it's ridiculous. So you're saying that backpack costs three hundred dollars? No, no, no. It's anywhere between um it's anywhere between sixty and hundred and twenty, and that totally depends on um the size and where you get it. Okay. But that's still a lot of money. That may not be for some of you people, but I'm sorry. I mean, I'm a little bit frugal. So, but I'm still that person. It's no different than me talking about the hearing pros. Once I find something I want, that's what I want. And I'm not going to sit and, you know, settle for something less because I pick it up and I'm like, uh, you know, that's really not what I want. I'll put it back. I'll do without first, as opposed to settle for something or pay that extra money for something I really don't want. So, I mean. Right, certainly a lot of different experiences at booths, though, for first year. I have. I've had good ones. I've had bad ones. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's been a little all over the place this year with, with booths for me. And we were talking about it last night a little bit. I don't, it wasn't on air, I don't think. 
sometimes it's hard to remember when we're alive and when we're not when we're having conversations like this in the parking lots and things. But um, um, like when Angie, Joe's wife, would go out with us, we weren't doing other stuff. We were just doing reviews, right? We didn't really try to network or do anything else. We were just there to get reviews. Yeah. So you've got a lot more going on these days than uh, we've had experience with uh, bringing new people on. You know, they had like tasks. Here's your task. Go do them. Mm-hmm. So it's a little different experience when you're going straight into the whole thing. So let's see. Uh, Psycho's saying, I know there's basically, the shot is basically about new innovative stuff, but was there any replicas of older models there? So shot is the shooting and hunting outdoor trade show. So, um, I mean, there's not a lot of old stuff, but there's certainly old stuff, um, some old stuff. Uh, so just not a ton of it. So as far as replicas, I don't know, Clover, do you see anything new as far as replicas? We were talking about that tiny Mosin Nagant that's more of like a toy. Yeah. Well, it's probably not in the capacity of what Cycle Cap's thinking or anybody else. But I did have to go to the Humorex booth. Uh, went in there and said, hey, to Mark, he was on the podcast a while back uh, talking about Axion, actually Axion Optics, which is also, you know, Humorex, Axion Optics, and uh, Walther are all kind of under the same parent. Uh, so anyway, I went in and said, hey, with him, and while I was in there, got to looking around at the air guns that are in there. And Man, they not only do they got that fifty caliber, you know, air gun, which is is pretty cool, but got to looking at the you could you can call them replicas because they had anything from a Beretta ninety two to a Luger to a uh, a, a Glock uh, to some Colt single action armies to a uh, Colt Python that were all air pistols and looked, I mean, at, at any kind of distance, looked like the real thing. Uh, really awesome. You know, I was thinking for, you know, a kid to have a maybe a, you know, a pistol like Dad's or, you know, something like that. You know, have an air pistol that looks like Dad's or something like that would be a, a really cool thing. So, you know, I guess those could be considered replicas in a way. And I just thought the variety they had, I, you know, going into Walmart and Academy and, and stores like that, Bass Pro and stores like that that carry these things. Um, I've never seen a store that has carried the variety. Uh, I've never seen the Beretta 92 copy, for example, or the Glock copy uh, of those air pistols. So it was really interesting to see uh, just how many different ones that they had. You know, and they're all, of course, licensed. Uh, that's how how they are able to look just like the real thing, is because they're all licensed through those companies, of course. And that's what it's all about. Some of them just don't want a license, or their license fee is probably so exorbitant the gun would cost twice as much as the other ones, right? Yeah, that's true. But all of these are licenses. You know, the ones I mentioned. And there's even more. I mean, Smith and Wesson, uh, uh, the Smith and Wesson MMPs, and and even a couple of uh, revolvers. I can't remember what now. Um, but yeah, all of those are, are completely licensed by those companies. So I mean, they, that's how they're able to look almost identical. Uh, and with the exception of the slide working a little differently, because 
Uh, it's just really the on the semi-autos anyway. It's just really the back half, back portion of the slide that articulates uh, that, or um, with uh, some of the controls, you know, not working. Obviously, they've got the controls there, but they're they're stationary. They don't move. Um, like I said, they they look just like a real thing. So, uh, I don't know, very cool. I thought, wow, this is even cool for. Uh, again, a, a kiddo to have something like, you know, maybe mom or dad carries or a kiddo or uh, even a grown person to maybe have something for training, right? Uh, could be, be beneficial. Identical training cup. Yeah, because, you know, same size, uh, you know, pretty close to the same weight, you know, unloaded weight anyway, pretty close to the same weight uh, and all that good kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that could be beneficial. I mean, I'm thinking about it. I mean, you could. You could tactically train almost in your backyard, you know, if you live in the city. Or you could just shoot in your basement or whatever, your garage, right? Just oh, that, that too. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. But if you just well, like your guns, for some reason, the, uh, yeah. meter people just like their guns, right? They like their bread and the look of them or whatever, right? So if they can get a BB gun that looks the same, then that could be fun, I guess. Right. Yeah, right. absolutely. So downstairs, big giant room downstairs basement and then far south wall so once you come in all the way against the back wall and then not in the middle probably if you walked in from the front doors where you smoke and everything like walked in from the front doors walked into the downstairs and walked all the way across to the south wall and then you walk to the right about halfway down till you hit the end there was the modern martini actions did you see those Cycle might be interested in those because he's all about actions. And it was like a company making modern martinis and modern, about three different old guns new. And they weren't like replicas so much as like, and they weren't certainly tactical or anything, but maybe for hunters or cowboy action, there might be some use, but they were kind of modern-ish eyes looking. They, they weren't trying to look, make them look like clones of the old ones at least. Did you see those? They were against the south wall. Um, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't browsing, so uh, yeah. I wasn't actually looking for them. And then there was something else that was right in that area that was very similar that might be up cycles. Early cycle might have raised an eyebrow after. And I can't think of it for like, it wasn't the M4, M1s. There's a whole bunch of M1 boots around this year. Three of them. Yeah. We also had the air trooper, the not the grand for the carbines. Carbines. Who? Car? Uh, Thompson and a freaking eagle. Somebody. They had like twelve different styles of them. Hmm. The M1 carbines. I didn't see them. Did you see a bunch of M1 carbines anywhere? No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, upstairs? Yeah. So it had to be car over by Caltech in south of Geisley? Yeah, or north of Geisley? The car. I mean, I guess it could have been. But car has a whole chunk of a aisle, I mean, or a whole chunk of a area. I mean, they got the whole thing. It's all the way across. I guess they could have. It's just that they don't normally have that big skinny chick up. They didn't have the big skinny chick up this year. Now we're talking about we're talking about Emily Garbings, right? Huh? And and seeing they're like a rack of those or something. Yeah, so he's saying he's seen um, a bunch of flavors. I've seen, 
Well, Inland, uh, Inland still makes those, right? Oh, well, maybe Inland was there. Yeah. Downstairs, maybe? No. Oh, okay. I don't know where Inland is at. So it seems like I've seen, um, seems like I've seen that back at NRA or something. And it was, yeah, and it was, it was Inland. Well, maybe that's what it is. Oh, they're out there talking about air guns on the YouTube side. Um, we're doing it sometime. Pink hasn't jumped in, and Sarge hasn't jumped in. They were our two stragglers who got the text, and maybe it means they're busy or sleeping. I'm surprised these two are awake after four days, well, five. What are we talking? Six days, really, worth the walk. And we started walking around on Sunday. From what you guys tell me, the interior shoot was not quite vertical, but you certainly had some terrain to deal with. And we went out to the media day, which is not only outside, but super windy, which pulls all your moisture away. And uh, and then you have to walk up that freaking hill in the middle. And then, uh, you know, however many times you walk back and forth down that. Then we have, well, Ghost says he averaged 10 miles a day. I certainly didn't average 10 miles a day. I think I might have got 20 miles in the whole show. But uh, certainly a bunch of walking, and then then you went eight, <laughs> and now we're sitting here chatting. So I'm surprised they're still awake. Um, yeah, we're we're not far away from crashing. I can tell you that. Mike Strike says interesting. Nobody's saying interesting about. Did you hear about the tiny Mose in the gun, Mike Strike? You know what that thing's missing? You know what mine don't have? Fucking bayonet. The thing that yeah. have a fucking bayonet. He needs a side pull bayonet. No, the little spike that you put on the front. That was a way cooler. Huh. What's the other training? You know, get a under one, awesome. like a 38. Be an SBR at that point. Yeah, that would be cool, though. Yeah, yeah we're going to end up making a bunch of little rifles out of crickets. Those, that seems like the best idea I've heard in forever. Yeah, kids running around, spike bayonets, little Chinese paratrooper. Are they M38s? I think so, aren't they? But the repeater? No, it's M38. They're still talking about air guns out there. So what year was it? I sent Joe out one year. It's like, say, everybody had jobs. They're getting paid, though, but they had jobs. And uh, what year was it that I was like, go do air guns? And then that's all you had to do. You had to do that for like four fucking days, right? Yeah. Okay. That was the, no, was it the year that the FPG, FB9 or whatever, the folding Glock thing was finally licensed from Magpul to be oh, the air the gun. FMG9? Yeah, the FMG9. Was that that year? No. Are you sure? That was already licensed before that? Anyway, for an entire year, or I mean for an entire show, he had to walk around doing air guns because we were like, let's do air guns. And I'll tell you what, I can't imagine getting worse response on YouTube. <laughs> People hated air guns. They did not want air guns from us. And it was, I don't know, halfway interesting. I don't know about the air gun industry and whatever. Yeah. The large caliber one was interesting. Uh, and for a while there, do they do that anymore? Where are did the Are the air guns mixed in now? Because for years, until they went to Sands, air guns were like almost like separate. Like they weren't even in it yeah. until no, like it was 10. way off to the side. Or no, maybe seven was when they started even putting air guns in. And then they stuck them like over in the side next to the clothes, and every, they would bitch and complain because they right. walked over there. And then you go downstairs, um, you have all the Chinese companies that are making all the air guns that look. 
You're talking about in Florida. What's Florida, dude? Where the, all the air guns were in the middle in that big hallway? Yeah, okay. And then when it came back for the first time and it was in Sands, that first time in the Sands, it was uh, downstairs. And I was like looking at something and I go, wow, that's pretty neat. And then I realized like they're all air guns. Oh, no, yeah, I know what you're talking were, about. Yeah. And I was like, it's a lot of where the reloading and ammo is now downstairs. So a lot of that was air guns and shit back in the Sam. I guess when they first moved over here. But I, think, I don't know. There, there isn't like an area for air guns. They just must have either decided it wasn't worth spending the money to be here, or yeah. they just incorporated with uh, boomerangs and stuff like that, or got whaled on by boomerangs. All right. Nice strikes getting mad for not talking about real guns. All right. So, um, checking out the live or the comments over here one more time. And it looks like we're not getting any more direct comments. So, I'm going to cut it off. Gary, thanks for running the, the foul territory on Fridays. Hey, you bet. Friday show again. And then, uh, for bringing some stuff to kind of start this show up. And again, thanks to Clover and Armentia for jumping in. And uh, after a long week and a long day of partnering uh, around to jump in and uh, safe travels to everybody going home. Uh, you can't even imagine. The SHOT Show, you know, evolves. I've been telling everybody all week that it started out with, uh, uh, back in the day, what, 79, I guess? Uh, you know, regular pictures with film. And they would take those pictures and they would develop them and Months later, they would go to a you know, magazine, and then in like August and September, and you can go look it up, go look at all the issues of magazines. It's August, September that you would get your SHOT Show reviews. So by the time you were hearing about SHOT Show, it was about to happen again. So, you know, in, in I mean, what was it, one article maybe in a season? Like you didn't hear about SHOT Show all the time unless you read like SWAT or something that like had something to do with the show. Um, very few magazines even mentioned it. They might say, like, at the industry show, we heard that a new gun might be coming, you know, or we're waiting for the industry show to show us this. But it wasn't like a thing that people knew about. It was just sort of a, an event that happened throughout the year. So they started covering that thing with film cameras, and then eventually it went to, you know, the digital cameras and then video, and they started letting in Internet people in addition to radio shows and all that. And... Anyhow, you get to live video and then you get to the, you know, the live streaming that we've got now and you got phones that can handle it and people are viewing on phones and we're creating the stuff on phones. The people that are there in the booths, you know, running the businesses and doing all the distribution and running gun shops, they all understand what phones can do and they're aware of the, uh, you know, the, the content that's being created and the, the interest in it and the analytics and metrics we're allowed to, we're able to gather from all that. And they understand the value and they can go on YouTube and discover how to do all this stuff. So they're wiser and aware more than ever before of the technology and our audiences, people that are watching this and other content, you know, about the show or the industry are aware of, you know, what's available and they demand, you know, quality and they would demand, you know, interesting stuff. So everybody's, you know, helped evolve the show to where it's at. So, um, you know, we're, we're doing these efforts to hopefully evolve the show and the industry to the next level. And uh, part of that is just being aware and being involved. And I want to thank everybody who's watching our shows to uh, for being part of it and being aware. And 
I guess I started this all with, you know, this is not going to be your typical shot show where a whole bunch of reviews come up of gear. I mean, that'll happen, but I mean, there's a lot of people took a lot of videos or whatever, but the relationships and the networking that was done, um, I think it's going to be an exponential amount of stuff that you're going to see come out of this. You're going to see some collaborations and you're going to see some, uh, not just interviews, but the, uh, subsequent like stuff that'll happen from those interviews is going to be amazing people that have met each other uh put some stuff on fast forward uh it's going to be really really interesting uh, i saw so many people shaking hands and doing interviews already that are coming from different universes as far as uh, audiences and reach uh i can't even imagine this is a really really good show uh, i don't know if i've just tuned into it more this time or if it really did happen more, then it's tough for some of you who haven't had the perspective. Um, but man, I'm gonna have to try to, we're gonna have a show with Pincus and a couple other people who've been going to shop for a long time, longer than I, and we'll uh, pick their brains and we'll see if they're as excited about this show. Um, so uh, looking forward to what everybody's able to create and uh, yeah, good times. Uh, you guys wanna say anything before we head out? Uh, no, no, I'm good. And mine's just thank you for everybody that's been so supportive uh, during my first shot show. My ups and downs and odd things and just a little bit of everything with me. So it's been the good, the bad, and the ugly. So <laughs> And the extremely exciting. So I've kind of hit everything. So everybody's been so extremely supportive and I'm really appreciative of that. So thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing it. You know, a lot of people are afraid to even do anything. You're doing it. And then additionally, you're sharing it with everybody. So I think that's awesome because it's fun to see and experience with you. And then hopefully you're encouraging other people to go out there ask and do the same kind of thing in their way. Right. And then right. You win. I hope that's true. Um, let's see. With all of that said, uh, thank everybody for being uh, patient with us throughout the week and our intermittency. You know, we're tackling these things and we're learning. Tulsa should be better, right? NRA should be better. Library uh, gun rights policy. Hopefully, everybody will show up for that. Uh, Tulsa again, uh, and Shot Show again. These people continue to go to these events, and our community gets larger, and more people get involved and become part of the industry, and and we share, you know knowledge of these tools and the skills and everything, then uh, all this will get better and smoother. But uh, again, thanks for your patience with the, uh, uh, the show this week. It should be back to normal next week. And again, I really look forward to some of the neat stuff that's gonna be happening. Um, it's gonna be a neat year. And we'll see you Monday. That's